Welcome back. We're back. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Isn't that a good intro? I see all the cheesing faces because it's the same intro we had about like three months ago, the last time we stepped on a podcast. That was terrible. Dude, we, Jay had built up this intro. I mean, like, yeah, like literally before he like, gave the intro, we're talking intro. about how that was terrible. I was going to say sup. I was going to say hey there or sup. So I went with sup. That's, that's awful. The, it's some that's continuity. It's some continuity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners. As, as the, the last, as the time, last time you ever hosted a podcast. That's right. Last time. As the like, last time you ever hosted a podcast. Anyway, Donnie, this, Donnie, you want to start us over? As the best introer. No, he's now. he's no. Donnie's like down. I don't like this. I'll start us over. Donnie's like he's in some weird state. Look at him. He's not enthusiastic. Look at him. Can't start over. No, as the best introer out of the four of us, I'm just so disappointed in you, Jay. I think I had the best intro. What was the one intro I had that was really? good i don't know man i don't know man. i'm just so down in the dumps now because jay just killed my mood <laughs> oh, we haven't yeah. seen each other in like four in four months Stop. has it been four Has-sup. months four months Stop. yeah i guess yeah right before yeah. Even less than four months <laughs> no it's half. been two months I, because i want to say we, we needed that no, disappointing no, last we haven't done we this needed, before the draft listen listen the draft was in, oh it was in april End listen april. to what i'm saying i had to give this intro because I had to just give a disappointing intro because a long time ago in April, we said you guys, you guys are going to hear from us this week. Now, I'm not going to say on April 27th. I've been trying to get you guys to pod for a while, but Thursday, everyone just backs out. No, I've tried so hard. April 27th, I, we said we'll be back in a week. And I was ready what? to go. It's, All right, listen. It's, okay, hold it's on July 11th. Take it away, Nader. Thing number one is that we, well, all of us are back. If you hadn't noticed, we have a full show, full squad oh, tonight. For we're this, so back. For this comeback pod. That's number one. Number two, I got to be honest with you. Off season, I'm just, I'm not as locked into the birds. I like, well, you yeah, know, but June like, is like we, the dog. We could have easily done it, you know. We're, it's a, true. Listen, later, I don't know if you're aware. We did trade for AJ Brown, and we have not potted. <laughs> okay, so all right. Hold on, man. Hold on. Wish death the pod. That night, I was I was texting the group chat begging to pod. I was we, I went live. I went live. And we with went, me and Donnie me, went live. That me, and, night. me and Nader went live guy, that night. It's like it's like twelve fifteen at night. I'm going to bed. I, we got a group Facetime call from NG saying yeah, get was, on the pod. Oh my god! I was I was screaming. We got a pod. We got a pod. I'm, AJ Brown. We got. I'm, a pod. I'm laying in I'm laying in bed and I just get a notification. Eagles World is going live and I'm like, oh, I gotta join this and I join it. And there's like, they the like requesting for me to join like 20 times. I'm like, I used to go live a little bit. Life was fun, year. bro. Life was kind of fun. Life's fun. I like it. I might bring that back. Uh, anyway, I'd have to bring my account back. The, you got to bring the page back before you go bring it yeah, back. Uh, yeah. You gotta the, start. yeah, I agree with that, Jay. Me too. Um, all right, let's get anyway. Into it. Let's so get into it. Who wants to talk about our agenda, bro? We have a jam packed schedule. I guess Jay is technically hosting. Jay, give us the agenda. It's a jam packed schedule. So, first, we're going to talk about the Eagles' 13th overall pick, of course, Jordan Davis. We'll talk about, I guess, we played a game last time where we guessed what they were going to do with their two picks. I mean, none of us were actually correct. We were 0 for 4. So, really, do you still have that anywhere? Did we write that down, what they were going to do? I believe some Donovan wrote it down, or you wrote it down. I think I said we were going to trade for AJ Brown. I remember I don't correctly. Know what that one. I think if I remember correctly, that's what I said. I'm, I, I'm not going to say that's crazy. It's not crazy that he may have said that, but I'm not going to give. I feel like he said it as a yoke. It was definitely not. <laughs> I definitely did not say that. I don't know. I definitely predicted we were signing James Bradbury, though. I'm just saying, guys. I mean, I think everyone said, did. It was kind I mean, of this kid. This kid sent in every week in the group chat. We're signing Tyrant Matthew. We're signing Tyrant Matthew. Guess what? Never <laughs> happened. We were close. We were close, though. They were never close. That's not close. Uh, anyway, so... They might have been close. 
We're going to talk about Jordan Davis. We're going to talk about, of course, them trading for A.J. Brown. We're going to talk about N'Kobe Dean. Uh, we'll talk about the other guys, the other three picks they made. Not Damn necessarily – can't big beef and jerky as they call him on the streets. The Kobe Dean, uh, of course. He Nicole just talked about no Kobe Dean, bro. He just said no Kobe Dean. Donnie's asleep. Uh, yeah, really, bro. It's we'll no enthusiasm, yeah, Donnie. We'll, no we'll talk about James. We'll talk about James Bradbury. We'll talk about the front talk about this BS Derek Gun report. And then we'll talk about the D Gun report because that's kind of like a big. I guess that's like the most notable news thing that's happened. We'll that's the most notable news this team's had in the past since draft we'll day. Or since like Bradbury. Let's we'll cuss like the you know. The validity of it, and we'll discuss how we feel about it. And then, you yeah, know, and we'll hey, up. Jay, we're only 15 days away from training camp. And then we'll talk about Landon Live. We'll look, we'll look at the outlook. Look at that future outlook going. My forward guess because... is the next pod we do is going to be right before training camp. So Probably that way we can talk July. about some training camp battles. Training camp for the Eagles opens July 26th. So, no, it's, it's close. Probably get an early roster prediction going. Oh, Donnie, now we're talking. Donnie, oh, wow. Donnie loves That's my favorite time of year. Yeah, yeah, I love Donnie the, loves it. I love early. the roster. I love the 53. I love a good roster prediction. Anyway, not my strong suit. Not yours. Nah, I'm pretty good at it. I'm the, uh, oh, before we start, should we talk about they placed uh, Tyree Jackson on PUP list today? Someone else, too. They did? Uh, Brett Toth. Brett Toth. Who cares about Brett Toth? Yeah, More Tyree Jackson. Like- I feel like Tyree Jackson. I feel like that experiment. The experiment's done. It's Jack Stoll's season. It's like once they took a tight end in, you know. Yeah, but that tight end is a good tight end. I'm actually not going to lie. We'll talk about him later. Yeah, we'll get into that. uh, We have the agenda bookmarked, right? Jay, start us off with number one. I started off with number one. So on draft night, you know, anyone, I was kind of feeling a little nervous, a little bit nervous. I Going into that, I was nervous with the second pick. But the first pick, I think we all knew it was going to be George. It was Davis. Trayvon Walker. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant first overall pick. No, no, I meant with this. I was saying nervous as we built up to it because, again, I, I was a huge fan of trading up for Kayvon Thibodeau and, or Sauce Gardner. Obviously, it didn't happen. I will say, me. yeah, I was a little after the top 10. The Giants had a very good two picks in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. They, got, they yeah. got the best edge rusher and the best tackle. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of like two. The biggest positions of need for them were edge rusher and tackle. And They're they still got, not going to be good this year because Daniel Jones is no, the quarterback. No, they're going to be bad. But, like, it's unfortunate. But they they, had, a, they the, had a sneaky good offseason, a nice drag dabble. It's very good hire. To see competence from New York is yeah, annoying. It is annoying. I'm glad that the commanders are still an incompetent and irrelevant organization. So the Dallas. Dallas didn't do anything this offseason either. Dallas I would like worse. to point out I saw a funny meme that, uh, like, in the, probably like the end of April, uh, post draft. Uh, Stephen Jones said, like, uh, you know, we're not done in free agency. And since they, he said that, they signed a kicker that was already on their roster that they cut at one point, and then they signed a, a USFL linebacker. Nice. Uh, who was a sixth-round pick of the Patriots. They shot got, the Philadelphia Stars coming in second place. Who got cut. So it's like, you know, kind of an incompetence all around. Yeah. I would say I was nervous because uh, the run – I did not expect to see, like, 10, 11, 12 receivers, like, to see – Wilson, well, I guess that's it, my. I agree with that nerve when in Wilson, terms of how are they going to add another receiver? Because I thought it was going to be Traylon Burks. I thought they were going to take Wilson, Burks or Dotson. I thought Wilson was guaranteed to go ten after London went eight. But who the hell would have thought that the Saints just keep Olave. burning assets to get Chris Olave? I liked Olave. I think maybe somebody picked him to be the Eagles selection. But it's like I think Olave is like a really good number two. Well, you invested assets in that guy to be like a number one. I don't think he's that good. I don't even remember what they traded for him. I traded like, uh, well, I mean, you kind of have to, like, it's kind yeah. of like a conglomerate deal. Like, it's the yeah. Eagles deal yeah. plus the deal they made. That's way too much to trade for 
Any yeah, but once you probably. do, once okay, then after the Olave pick and like those receivers were all off the board, and you see the Eagles trade up to thirteen, we knew who it was. You, everyone knew who it was. But people it was wanted, so I think, people I wanted think, to speculate it was Kyle yeah. Hamilton, but we I, all knew it was, it was never going to be. It was never going to be Kyle Hamilton. I, I, I think never... what you guys are getting at, which I agree with, is that the board when they picked was not great, and evidently they liked Jordan Davis a lot. But I got to be honest with you, I don't know if we should get into this now or what. I didn't. I don't love the Jordan Davis pick. Like in the whole. In the whole mosh of the offseason, I think he's a good addition. I think he'll have a role here, and he might end up being a valuable player. I just, like, 13th overall pick, trading up, you get a, a primarily run-stuffing defensive tackle who's, who is a unit, and he'll be a helpful run-stuffing defensive tackle. I just, I don't know. I guess I guess they said the same thing about Fletcher Cox in 2012, and we know how that turned but, out. But like, Listen, listen, listen. You know what they did in 2012? They traded up from, I would say, uh, you know, they traded up from the 15th pick to the 12th pick to select Fletcher Cox. They did yeah. the 15th to the 13th pick to get Davis. A lot of similarities there. I it's it's very similar. I think the difference is, like, Jordan Davis has pass rushing upside, but he's not a pass rusher right no, now. No, he's a rough like, stuff first year, attack. He's not a pass rusher yet, but he True. can First he year, can turn into that. Nobody's expecting him to pass rush, and I think I would have preferred somebody who had and, – and listen, I know the board was not was not breaking the right way for them. Like realistically, I, let who would you have taken then? Kyle Hamilton? Uh, let me let me let me pull up let me pull up how the draft let me let me pull up how the draft went. Let me see. I can tell you right now. I, I, I think I think probably, they would have I, I think they would have taken Jameson Williams, but obviously the Lions traded up for him. I think I probably would have taken Kyle Hamilton or considered trading back because there was nobody I was really interested in there, and then go getting like like Trent McDuffie or like a Kyrie Alam at cornerbacks. Apparently, something if like they that. stayed if they stayed at, at eighteen, I remember uh, after the draft. Jeff Mosher said he was pr- pretty sure it was going to be McDuffie at 18. Yeah. So, okay. So like, like, so to me, I don't, basically my, my point is I don't love the pick. It's not a disastrous pick. I don't think he's going to be a bad player. I just don't love the, you know, we're, we're swinging first round pick. We're kind of swinging to hit a single, which is fine. The way this roster is constructed, he can learn a lot from Fletcher Cox. If he turns into a pass rusher, if he starts to play on third downs, He's a valuable player, but right now he's a player who doesn't play third downs. He's a run stuffer. He's a big, he's a big guy in there. He's going to be very helpful to the players around him. The unit as a whole is going to be very strong, but I don't see the upside of this pick five, 10 years down the line if he doesn't develop. So, you know, my question, here's my question. Yeah. Okay. I'd say he isn't. Okay. Let's not say he's, you know, the Albert Hainsworth type player, like still a very good pass rusher, but let's say he's on like the same level as like where Vitavea is. Or yeah. where like Vince Vince Wilfork was Vitavea for sure. I would take. If they're Vitavea. generally if he yeah, I'd say if he's Vitavea, one hundred percent. Vitavea he's like is ten unreal. times more athletic than Vitavea. If he is Vea, I think obviously the individual stats are never going to be as good as you hoped. But like, I mean, like think about it. Cox never had. Cox only has one single. I know Cox, Cox has one double digit sack season. Cox has never been a prolific pass. I mean, like th- that's his thing. He's a great pass rusher, but he's never been a guy who put up double digit total. You're totally right. I think Vea's Vea just wrecks games inside. And I think that's sort of like what they're envisioning for Jordan Davis. It's just being a big guy who doesn't necessarily you're building around Davis. You're not like, yes. that's your, you're saying you're going to plop him in the middle. And you're gonna say this defense is yeah, built around you. It's true, and and like I said, it might work because the way they build this team and their philosophy, we know they're gonna have pass rushing pieces around him. Like for like, not even just right now. Obviously, you have Reddick, you have Josh Sweat, you have Barnett. unfortunately Derek Barnett. You got Brandon Graham. You got Ron Fletcher Jackson. Cox. You got everybody, right? Like you got you have an an insane unit 
on the front seven that rushes the quarterback. It makes sense right now for Jordan Davis to be in there, but we know that's how they build their team. So you don't have to really worry about not having pieces around him in, in four or five years, but you will need pieces around him because he's not going to be able to anchor by himself. He's not going to be able to, like, he's not going to be Aaron Donald. For, I no, think a hope Donald, is next like, year that he's not going to, yeah. Hope is next year. You have two first round picks and hopefully you don't have to use them on a quarterback. I mean, obviously I they might will, have but, to, Yeah, but if you don't, you go out and take either one of the top edge rushers or one of the top defensive tackles and pair him. Fletcher Cox isn't going to be here next year. Well, Mark I mean, Rave. I you do need another D tackle because yeah, you have Williams. You have Milton Williams. Williams. They could move him to, to edge. I, I think Milton Williams is a guy that can move around, though. I think Hargrave is going to be back. Like if Hargrave and Williams, Williams are back, they're not going to talk about tackles. Well, it's, it's the thing. Like, this is off topic, but it, like with Javon Hargrave, like, he's, getting, he, he's getting $13 million this year. I would say his is that next gone? Contract, is that gone, Max? Yeah, that's gone. All right. If he uh, next contract, he's probably like a sixteen million dollar a year defensive tackle. God. So like you can pay him good money. You're letting Cox go. Phillies are doing something. In the, yeah, every I, I, I just, just, wrong. Yeah, I'm Bruce sorry to interrupt wrong. what you were saying, Jay. I like to point out that baseball is not a sport. The two of them, the two, especially Nader on Twitter, he just pisses me off, man. Please, I have a stream on next Bills. Please follow Nader on Twitter. Just follow him on Twitter and just have it. All right, back back, back to football. Have a day. That's my fault. That's my fault. Hey, Nader, hashtag Bills. So here's the thing. We can all kind of give our final thoughts. I think Jordan Davis is a good pick because I think it fits philosophically right now. It fits with the future. If he can be the player that you expect him to be, like this is the most athletic player at that position to enter the league maybe ever. It's the, hard to find a guy that athletic to with, be who can move yeah. like that. You're yeah. taking a risk because he might, you just might take, you might have a 13th overall pick on a guy who isn't a, a premier pass rusher at his position. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. You're, I don't think he, you're ever going to debate talent. I think you're just going to always debate assets versus and, like, yes. where you picked him. That's, that's it. Totally that's, right. I think. And I, that's totally right. And I think with Jordan Davis, you can comfortably say the Eagles probably have, and I mean this genuinely, they probably have the best pass rushing and I don't want to say D line because technically they have a top five D line. Okay, yeah, top five D line, maybe the best pass rushing unit in the league. Even if I wouldn't say they have the best starters, but they definitely have the best depth. I mean, they have an unreal depth. They have they just have an unreal collection of NFL talent at at pass rusher and internal defense. Derek Barnett is a is a is a mid level starter in this league. Whether He's a mid-level yeah, starter. Realistically, he probably I shouldn't think, be getting on the field crazy much now, especially I, with them bringing Reddick. I think reality, I think Milton Williams, Milton Williams, Williams is a starter. Is a starter. Fletcher Cox is – I think Cox – I don't know. I say Cox might play the third most snaps of any defensive – of the defensive tackles, like between the big three, Hargrave, him, and Davis. He might play the least amount of them because I think they want to play Davis a lot. Which is fine. But he's like, older. But that's the thing. You – even if he's – you know, maybe he's a little – he's cooked a little bit. You know, he's not like medium well. But he's like – He's not well done. He's like maybe like medium cooked. Goose isn't cooked yet. But that's your that's like your second best or third best or most like played defensive tackle in football. Like at one point in time, Destiny Vallejo was their third tackle. Like no, I remember him. Like this is like you know Hassan Ridgeway was like their third tackle. Like, this Ridgeway's is actually good, good. Ridgeway's good. No slander it's, on Hassan Ridgeway. It's an extremely deep defensive line. Also, and shout I think, out to Bo Allen. Yeah, we just Bo retired. Allen. Great is, oh, I, I asked somebody else this question: Is it crazy to say that Bo Allen is the best pick? Is is a better pick than Jordan Matthews? Like in oh, that draft, a little bit. A little bit. Considering but, the tenure, I mean, Jordan Matthews how long produced, was man. 
He did I produce. Mean, he produced in what? The value on Bo, Ma- Bo Allen is better. I think Jordan Matthews is still the highest, the most number of receiving yards by a receiver, like the most recent guy. I don't receiver? think anybody's had more. Uh, I think the. Yards. I think the. Uh, actually, I don't think Matthews Devontae. had 997. Right? I don't think anybody's had more dropped, as a receiver. Oh, I remember he. I remember he was back to, to get over a thousand, and yeah. he dropped it. It was a beautiful yeah. Sam Bradford pass, which yeah. was pretty rare. Yeah, Sammy. I don't think. I don't think just, a receiver, right through his hands. a Philadelphia Eagles receiver, has had had more than 997 yards since Jordan Matthews. No, yeah, because I don't think anybody's had a thousand. Al- Alshon didn't have a thousand. Uh, obviously, uh, no. I think the last Earth's... thousand receiver is Jeremy Macklin, wasn't it? Yeah, but but 997 was. But the that number. was. But that was the most I think that was before. I think that was that was before. before. That was closest. Yeah. And and, speaking and speaking of wide receivers, two thousand yard years. But yeah, let's transition here. But speaking of wide receivers, Eagles traded for a top ten receiver, dude. And that one came. And that came pretty much out of of nowhere. Like no, like we kind of it was a meme. Like oh, hurts and AJ Brown, they're cool. They're friends. Look at them. You know, like they're working out together. He he who who. And then it's like (laughs) to see see Adam Schefter say, you know, whatever he tweeted, you know, AJ Titans receiver, AJ, like the Titans have agreed to trade AJ AJ Brown. Like to to send that tweet to see it, like I I was in disbelief that that went through. And then to to beat the market and to sign him to a, to what was a four or five year, a five year extension. It's a big four year extension. I think it's four year. uh, Yeah, four year, 100 mil. So it's a huge extension. And it, like you could say, oh, there's some concern because he's had some like soft ligament, it's like soft injuries. Uh, like the Titans fan somehow. I ain't out. concerned at all. I'm not, I'm not I'm really not worried, concerned. but like it's, I there, like there is some cons, I guess, to every move, but it's like they haven't, like they spent all offseason whiffing. We talked about it before. Whiff, 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 whiff. Calvin Ridley, whiff. He's what, 25 Kirk years old. 20, yeah, 25, listen, 26. AJ Brown, AJ Brown is like one of the best young receivers in the league. It's unbelievable he's available. I, I, you didn't pay too it's much for him. It's also great for Hurts because Hurts and yeah, him are best friends. It's great for Hurts. It's great for Devontae. It's great for, enough, it's great for Dallas Goddard. Move? Was there a better move at wide receiver? And I and I would say, okay, obviously Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are better receivers. Two of the like Lord can't throw the ball down. Was there a better they're, two, they're older. That, was that Tyreek Hill is getting thirty million dollars? Yeah. So actually, Devontae Adams is, is twenty eight. He's he's cheaper than them. It costs less to get him in theory. Um, and this is we also yeah. had two picks. No, Jay is totally yeah. right. I think it I was think the what's, best addition because of the value. What's so interesting? What's so interesting about that trade is that the only thing I consistently saw after the trade was made was everybody asking why the Titans would make this deal. And, and they went and they asked like every Titans reporter, everywhere I could see that I could read about, I was reading about the trade. Like they asked everybody who knew anything about the Titans, why the Titans would ever trade somebody like this. And nobody, nobody had an actual answer. There's no red flags. There was no there like was one report that they asked people, obviously, obviously not everybody, like obviously the organization agreed to make a trade, but their one reporter had said he asked somebody within the Titan organization and what was the reaction? And they basically said, what are we doing? We like, why would you do that? And they went and replaced them with Traylon Burks. AJ Brown is Traylon Burks is bad. Don't get me wrong. He's not a bit, he's not bad, but 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 I don't see his upside being. Mm I don't think he's gonna be as good. He's far too low. Oh, no. Well, I mean, would you rather have the proven AJ Brown or risk your Traylon Burks? You'd rather have AJ Brown proven, right? I don't even think I, I I wasn't, you know, hindsight's 2020. I wasn't necessarily a big Traylon Burks fan because. 
Well, they were going to take Burks at 18 anyway. I don't think no. they were. They would have waited until the second round. The only receiver they were willing to take in the first round were, was Jameson Williams or maybe Garrett Harrison. If, uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Probably I think they probably taken a lot of it, too. I think they, they would have took one of the top four. Yeah. I think they would have took London. They worked they they had some interest in London. I don't think Drake London was ever I don't know. Maybe. I but hate like, USC receivers, but <laughs> like that is like that's like I saw on pro football uh one of those pro football goddamn websites. There's like four of them. PFF? It, uh no. I think it was pro football. It was like the pro football rumors. And how it's like, oh can, yeah, yeah. They kind of just just collect reports from like various outlets and one of them yeah. said that the, and one of them came from a new york market and they said the jets and the titans had conversations that morning and the jets came away thinking aj brown was unavailable well that's what howie said howie said they started talking about they agreed to yeah. the deal think a day could, or two before that, no, I, I heard very similar not only that is that it seems like the titans did not do their due diligence and shop them around the league the way most no, they, it sounds like howie called the jets they, and the eagles were in on him and nobody really knew what was going on. The Eagles gave an offer that probably could have been beat, to be honest with you, but the Titans would, didn't go around been. and ask. There's probably teams who saw that deal get finalized and thought, why the when the hell was this guy available? They I think the deal. Jets, I think the Jets would have been willing to give the tenth pick. I think they would have. Yeah. Because the uh Peter King said that morning, that that day, about a couple hours before the draft, is when you know. The John Robinson and Howie Roseman came to agreement. This is what we are going to trade AJ Brown for. And the final touches was they had to agree on an extension with Brown. The deal doesn't get done without the extension. They That's somehow, what Howie said, yeah. And they had to get it done before the 18th pick. The deal got AJ Brown agreed and finalized the deal with the Eagles when the when the 15th pick when like the 15th pick was done. That was such a like that's a. That's it's so tight and so crazy. The deal that it that, would have been announced way beforehand if the deal if was it already fell done. through. If this is a deal we might have never known was close to being done if they couldn't get that if they couldn't get the extension done. Like imagine hearing like two weeks later that the Eagles and Titans had an AJ Brown deal done, but they couldn't finalize an extension. Like that would have been crippling to you know to hear after yeah. the consistent whiffs at the position. They've that's been the, whiffing all way. All, that's the, all season on all it's receivers. the best move at receiver it's the best move they made this offseason it's the best move they that any team made at receiver this offseason including teams you know like i understand like i think the best value overall was the browns getting amari cooper for a fifth round pick but you know maybe amari's you know there's some some yuckiness with amari because he can't play outside in the cold statistics in the cold are bad well you know uh, jacoby Brissett throwing him the ball is not gonna be great either and then like it's like I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have offered eighteen and whatever they traded third eighty sun one thirty sun whatever for uh, um, Debo Samuel because I think I would have I would have considered it, but I think because like I wouldn't have been just, mad at all if they did that. Like, that was the deal. I would have been mad, but like, the fit the fit is weird. AJ Brown fits so well. AJ Brown just like, fits right in. He's a, he's a like, hard worker. <laughs> he's ne- he never even requested a trade. He always shows up. He might get injured sometimes. He's great friends with Jalen Hurts. Like they are trying to make Jalen Hurts the best version of Jalen Hurts this year. So that's it's the way. best move at receiver they made since To. That's the most. It's arguably the most exciting move the Eagles have made genuinely since like Alshon. 
Yeah, and I, honestly, it might be more exciting than Alshon because you know we just we knew Alshon was good. And we I know, but he may have been receiver. cooked. It was a one-year deal. You're totally yeah, right. It was like yeah. it was like Alshon. No, was Alshon good. was not cooked when they signed him a one-year deal. No, he, he, may, he may have been cooked. That's why. That's why he. That's why he signed the one-year. No, he signed this prove a deal. People were worried about the injuries at the time, and Brown yeah, doesn't have any kind of cooked. Those injuries. Okay, Same thing with JJ Brown. But was he ever was was Alshon a top ten receiver at that time? I don't know. True, but also like like AJ Brown's injury history is nowhere near as lengthy as Alshon's was. Oh yeah, no. AJ Brown's more reliable. I don't think the concerns are anywhere. AJ Brown's more reliable. He's, he's overall better receiver than Alshon ever was. Like, like you're expecting AJ Brown at like, you know, expected value wise is supposed to come in and have a thousand yards receiving. That's like the middle to high end of his outcome. It's not like like this is a guy who could realistically have like fifteen hundred yards receiving every year. And we're talking about like you're expecting him to come in and be the first Eagles receiver in like almost a decade to have a thousand yards receiving, and that's going to be like easy for him. Is the idea is that something that's that's like expected of him? Yeah, you have to remember when when the Eagles got Alshon too, because Alshon was what he was towards his like second or third contract in the league. He came off, he was coming off the franchise tag, and he he was banged up on the tag. Yeah, he wasn't just like, and it was he was in was his late twenties though, right? Am yeah. I am I wrong? He was okay. he was still he was still young, relatively. He was probably twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, I think he was he's older than what Brown was now. It's just like, like I, and then like they gave him an extension. Yeah, they gave AJ Brown the extension, but getting AJ Brown off of basically the last year of his rookie deal is insane when they started the 2020 2020 season the starting receivers were what jalen rager deshaun jackson and greg ward <laughs> yeah now, so yeah well now they're starting 2022 with aj brown Devontae smith and quez Watkins. like what like obviously the 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 jjaw picks and the rager picks they kind of set you back but to come out with this receiving core now and if Hertz works out, great. If he doesn't, well, a rookie quarterback is stepping in with the best group of pass catchers any Eagles quarterback has had. Good lord, since when? You know, like. Wow, that's a good question. This might this might genuinely be the best. I mean, listen, I'm the stumped. Super Bowl, it's the, the Super Bowl year when you take into account what Ertz was doing and Aguilar having a good year and Alshon, they performed like, like a very high level receiving core, but they didn't have the same talent. The amount of talent but they this have is in the that best. Room, this is the best the stats. On paper. The, they the haven't talent, been this good. Like, like they haven't had talent like this. You're right. Since T.O. Yeah. At two, two, the top two receivers on the team right now. It's not just AJ Brown. It's it's now turning Devonte Smith into a number two receiver. Get Devonte Smith in your fantasy leagues. Devonte had nine hundred yards as a rookie last year, and that was considered a down year for him. We thought there was there was still meat on the bone out there for him. There was Jim a lot, missed a lot of throws. He missed a lot of throws. Sometimes the Devonte is open on every effing route. He's always open, and now you're dragging you're dragging the the number one corner off of him, putting. All of the defense's attention towards AJ Brown. The entire Devante field is going to be easy. The entire field is going to be open for Devontae, for Dallas and Goddard, Miles you, Sanders is going to have a top to eight tight end. You don't. You have a top eight tight end in Dallas Goddard. Back too. Arguably even better. I think I saw Adam Schefter call him a top five tight end the other day. I mean, yeah, top five top. He's arguably top five. Goddard Goddard's 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 I don't think I can name five tight ends better than Dallas Goddard. Like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. And I don't then, know. Like, I think I think I think Goddard's better than Mark Andrews. No, no I take Andrews. But I, I, I don't know. I'm okay. Call me a homer, but like, is is how much better is Darren Waller? That's like, what I'm Darren, thinking in my head right now. I was, well, I was, say Darren, I was, Waller, I was Darren Waller that much like, better. I don't mean. To I would also say Waller. At this point, I'm really high on Dallas Goddard. I don't think that Zach Ertz, even in his prime was a more impressive player than Goddard no. is right Ertz now. Ertz no, got Goddard? all that volume. Ertz was, was, Ertz was like, super reliable. They just volume, looked at him on every route. I think Goddard is a more impressive he's athlete, bigger, a better route he's runner, bigger, he's a better blocker. He's Goddard's faster. a better overall tight end. 
Than Ertz, everyone. He's, if he's not the he's not as good of a route runner. He's not a technician like Ertz, but he's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's he's more of an athlete. He is when like I, I think had it not been for the injuries, Dallas Goddard would be this team's like one of the key players on this team. And like the the thing I keep going back to is. Is that play and I think it was 2018 against the Cowboys when oh the the, the pass interference they the pass interference oh my that god what's lost call. in that play is that Dallas Goddard in like the was. last two minutes of the game just ripped off three tackles for like an yeah. 80 yard touchdown to go ahead to take the lead in that game without his helmet should have been able to review I mean that. like that guy I think this is a huge year for him I think it's a huge year for him I think it's a huge year for Devontae Smith it's a huge year for the whole offense in general Jalen Hurts has to be an average quarterback with how much room these guys it's gonna be it's gonna be Dallas Goddard against like decent safeties Devonte smith against cornerback twos like who is stopping these i understand if Hurts is an average quarterback this year and hits most of his throws if he can Eagles be a are winning division with these i think you're looking I think at Quez, yeah, that's right you know i think quest watkins gonna have if he can Quez be a competent year. deep ball thrower well there you have your slot receiver quest watkins is going to be a deep threat and you now have to respect him down the field because quest last year was was you know like the one ninety-seven yard catch. Tell, tell me a, this is crazy. Cr- tell me this is crazy. I think if Hertz is an average quarterback, you have at least three eight hundred and fifty yard receivers in Brown, yeah. Devontae, and Dallas. I don't think that's crazy. I think yeah. you could have two he just has to yard be, receivers. He just has to be. I think Devontae and AJ could easily put ten thousand. They Hertz could be for sure. They could be, but just in terms of like average, average outcome from Jalen Hurts. He's the same quarterback he has. He was last year. They should have three in him. The problem is, is the problem is, is that him being average won't secure his job. He has no, to be. And that's, we'll to get be to that. Way above average. But that's a we'll yeah, get to that later. This is like, this is just like the enjoyment of this season and the development of the offensive players. And the, the offense is like, even if, like, don't get me wrong. If Jalen Hurts, like what you said, if Jalen Hurts is average, the offense is still going to be very fun. The problem is, is that it's not going don't. to be enough for Lurie <laughs> and Howie. Well, okay, overall, let's let's get to that. Let's get to that okay. later. I just want to focus here, on like, yeah. So we'll continue with the draft. So, okay. I think we so, can clump pretty much the rest of the draft together. Obviously, maybe take a little bit. Let, let's out, do a little bit more on Nicobe Dean. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Nicobe, so okay, Nicobe Dean. I was not a Nicobe Dean stan. I wasn't saying you take this guy fifteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth overall. I didn't think he was he was worth taking that high. Others did. Daniel Jeremiah. Seems I thought. To, I he thought it was, was the 17th best prospect overall. Right. I thought it was a very big possibility he would fall second. I had no idea the, he was going to fall third. That once you insane. could realize the injuries and him not testing, and, the, and then when he did test, the numbers were kind of poor. He's not the best. He's not you know a track shorts runner type guy. But to get that type of player, at okay, I would say he is a top 50 player. Would you agree? At least top 50. Yeah. Oh, in the draft, yeah. Yeah, so if you're – Let's say he's the fiftieth best player on your board. You drafted him at eighty fucking three. <laughs> like, excuse the language. Nato, that's explicit. Eighty three. Yeah. Come on, like that's. Well, the- I remember watching it, and I was sitting in my friend's house, and he's a Patriots fan, and he was pissed because the Patriots didn't take him in round two. Yeah, and then so when like, I saw that they took him in round three, I was I was ecstatic. I think you guys have had similar experiences to me on this, but I think every year the draft comes around, couple guys start slipping. Nobody knows why. Teams have access to something we don't. I think one of the years it was like there was like guys the Cowboys grab in like the fourth round that all the Cowboys fans say is basically another first round pick, and people will make jokes about that. that. Every year, every year there are guys that are dropping and nobody knows why. And every year all the fans want the team to take them. And this time comes around, you take Nicobe Dean. Everybody's excited, but they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're you're wondering what's going on. Why did he fall this far? 
They go and talk to Harry Roseman, and the Eagles effectively say, we have no real concerns about his injuries. They expect him to play this season, and worst-case scenario, what the other teams were envisioning, which is that he misses the first year with a pec issue, or at least part of the first year, my understanding, at least from what I could tell at the time, is there's no long-term, like, degenerate, condition that people were worried about with like miles jack for example this is a guy who has injury concerns Mm -hmm. but not in the same way that some other guys have had injury concerns the thing is too is and you don't spend a first round pick if you're worried about an injury history or whatever or or pectoral injury shoulder injury you're spending a third round pick the the risk and the reward like spending a third round pick on a player like that the risk is very low the reward is very high Look what ceiling's and, crazy. And they gotten lucky on the last two dudes they did that with. Josh Wett was a day two prospect, yeah. but his knees were yep. destroyed. Well, now he's in the second year, uh, or what, the second year of his second, of his, con- of his second contract? Oh, yeah. this is the first year of his second contract. Technically the first he's, year, yeah. He's lasted. They took Landon Dickerson in the second round. His knees were, were ancient, but look at him. He was a great, a really good starting guard. So – I think like Dean was saying that he was telling teams that I don't need surgery. My pec is fine. What is happening? He looked confused. He looked upset. And the Eagles are sitting around saying, what this guy's healthy. We have Howie was saying he was running through the building, talking to the medical guys saying, is there an issue? Is there an issue? And they said, no, there's not. You know, he's and got. We, so either, so either they're wrong or other teams just completely misread the situation and, we always talk about those guys who like well, they're falling. And why don't they take a chance on them? They finally they did that. They took a chance on a guy who fell because of injuries. But like, if he's just okay, he's still he's still better than like they took Davion Taylor in the third round and yeah. like he was on like Kobe Dean's a first round prospect. Realistically, Nicole he's a top fifty prospect. I would have took him in the second round if they took him at whatever fifty one. I would have said that's a damn good pick. He's, he's, he's worth that pick because he's a top 50 prospect. And Nicole by the Dean. way, what we haven't mentioned with all this is that outside of who he is on the field, off the field, an incredible and, and kind of exactly the addition that you're looking for in these kind of picks. It's a leader. It's the same thing we said about um, who was it that they took out of out of uh, the guy who kept getting compared to Brian Dawkins because we were all oh, Kevon Wallace. Kevon Wallace, right? They said the same things about Wallace, but this is a little different. This was guy was the leader of a championship defense, a team that won the national championship. There's that viral video of him talking to his... There's some background on somebody. Whatever. Um, there's that viral video of him talking to his teammate, getting in his face after a misplay and and correcting it and being a leader. And I just think that like that's going to be valuable in a linebacker room that's young and not that impressive, especially coming in with that championship pedigree. I just like, you know, I think he could be a very a, a valuable piece on and off the field for them. And I think that's exactly who you're trying to pick in that specific place. He seems like a great kid, a, a fun guy to root for. I'm, I'm ex- extremely excited for him to be in the building. He's got that dog mentality. He's got that dog in him. He's got he, might, he, he might not make a huge impact like year one. Like when they go two linebackers, I think it's going to be a lot of TJ Edwards and a lot of Kaiser White. But like you're probably not going to bring back White, you know, going forward because you're probably not going to spend money on him and Edwards. But it's like, Okay, Dean starts year two. Well, okay, third round pick. Kaiser <laughs> yeah. White was my sleeper pickup of the offseason. I love, I love, be good I love that. He's pick gonna up. be very, I think he's gonna be very I, useful player. 
I think Isaac White's going to have a good year, and I think he's going to get a nice contract. Maybe somewhere else. We'll, we'll talk about that story for another day. But, you know, they only made five picks because they made two trades. They actually made a couple more trades. Um, we can just run through them. We just, you know, everyone just give their little opinions on the last, last three. or the, I guess technically not last three because uh, Cam Jurgens came between. Jurgens is a really good pick. Even Kelsey I, knows I hated it the too. pick, bro, honestly. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm so tired of drafting these guys to be Kelsey's replacement. And, and you know, Dickerson, I, I was down on Dickerson too. At least he can play guard. It doesn't seem like Jurgens can play guard. So, I don't know, man. But I don't know figure, how much I'm going to sit on guy. You figure Kelsey has his last year. But, okay, that's, that's the problem, right? We keep figuring that. What happens when the year is up and Kelsey's like, I want to play another year? Oh, then I can see him no? out and get out. Cam Jurgens playing left guard. No, but they're not. They're not going to cross train Jurgens at guard. They're going to have to play center all year, and then that's a year that he's not playing. And then next year, you're projecting him to play a position that he doesn't play. I don't know. I just like that's another year he learns behind Kelsey, though. You know, it's but that's like two they, years. Second he gets... round pick of not so, playing. Like, like, we, I, we we talked about this. Like this is, uh, and maybe it's different. Maybe it's the same. It's like like they did. Like they had a you know. They had a Hall of Fame left tackle. Jason Peters wasn't playing at the same level Kelsey was. That's not, you know, undeniable. They're completely different at this point. But like, they told Jason Peters, like, you're done. You're done here. Like, we gotta but, move but, on. Okay, but they took. They told Jason Peters, you're done here. At the end, they drafted Lane Johnson almost a decade ago to be Jason Peters' replacement. Stuck him at and right tackle, they, and, and then, then they drafted Dillard. There. Which, which works, by the way, with Dickerson, who can play guard. I don't know if it's going to work with – like, they better be confident Jurgens can either play guard or Kelsey's done after this year. And, and so he- far, I haven't gotten the implication that either of those two things are the case. If they have more information about that than me, then fine, and we'll see next year what happens with Kelsey. But if, the, if there's a scenario where Kelsey comes back next year and Jurgens is sitting again and you just have a second-round pick who's sitting for two years, and I understand that maybe he'll get a chance to play if somebody gets injured. You know, Kelsey hasn't missed time in a long time. He, he Unfortunately, knock on wood, but he, you know, always a chance he might injure something. He might get a chance to play. But I think a scenario in which your second-round pick sits for two years is at least, two, at least a year, maybe more. It's kind of a disaster, and so they, they better be confident that he can either transition to guard if need be, or this is really Kelsey's last year. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I or like that, it, or is that he's a prospect like an out like, the, or or that he's a blue chip prospect, which I also like. I think he's a good player, but you know, unless you think you're getting literally the next Jason Kelsey, and Kelsey's a very unique kind of center. I guess you can sit on that for a year if you're that confident about the prospect, but I don't know. I, I'm not that confident about the prospect. So, you know, that's at least where I stand on it. Not that I'm going to make a big deal about it. It's like, you know, I don't mind having more interior offensive line presence and, and, and picking the thing there. about Jurgens. Like, the thing about Jurgens is he, he is a freak athlete. Like you see it in the tape. Like he, he does play, like he resembles Kelsey a lot. Like he is a freak athlete. He could move down the field. You see it. So I, I'm pretty confident that, he will develop into the next starting center for the Eagles. Once Kelsey is gone, I, I trust it. I'm Jergens okay, feel, I'm okay with it. Jurgens feels like a dude who makes like, like six pro bowls out of nowhere. And like, you really don't think about it that much. Like Jurgens is like the process, like results versus process. Is it smart? To just keep drafting offensive linemen in the second round and saying, well, we can plug you in and wait till Kelsey retires. Um, I mean, like, I think it was McLean who said it, but like, Kelsey was Kelsey went into this season saying this was this, this was it. 
So you could look at that saying, well, he changed his mind once. Why can't he do it again? Or, well, if he was that close last year, maybe he's, you know, kind of set in stone now. Who knows? Like, Jurgens is pretty raw. So, like, he still needs to work. Like, there's going to be, like, issues there with him when he starts because, you know, he hasn't played a lot of football. He hasn't played a lot of center. You know, he was a tight end in high school, moved in the center. Never played guard. Will they cross him in a guard? Probably not. They have so many guards. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's – I thought it was, like, a B pick because, like, I think he's a talented player and I understand the process. But, like, could you have waited a year? It seems they really, really value this whole idea that, like, they want their next center to have a year of NFL coaching before he's a starter rather than just drafting a rookie and then starting him. I guess that's that's the process they like to kick with. Whether it's right or wrong, I mean – if there's anybody to trust with offensive linemen, it's the guy they got coaching them. So it's not wrong to just question Jeff Stoutland and his evaluations of players. So we'll see. I mean, was he the? Would you say he's like the worst pick they made? I don't, I don't know. Was the worst pick? They Probably. Made. I mean, I just think like based on the value of the like, I don't think the other two are going to turn out too much. But it's like a, those are late round picks that don't matter as much. Oh yeah, we can clump those two together. Listen, uh, I I think there's just like on process. I'm not. I think there's a narrow upside with with Jurgens. We'll see because there's a lot of this that's unknown that I probably like they probably have information on that we don't. But so far on process, I just think the path to success for this is narrow and there's a lot of things that might go wrong in the meantime. So we'll see how it all pans out. But like I'm not gonna it's not it doesn't didn't ruin their offseason. It's good to have actual depth at center, although this year, you could have just shifted Dickerson or Sayamalo back there if Kelsey got injured. You have more depth at guard. Like, you know, Driscoll, Driscoll's a better guard than he is a tackle in my mind. So, you know, he's still there. They also have had a lot of success. I know you can't rely on Statlin being here forever or continuing to do what he does, but they've had a ton of success drafting guys late and develop them into players. Driscoll's a great example. Mylata, obviously the best example. Kelsey himself was a sixth-round pick. Like, Vitae. Vitae. They're not, they're not a team. Same all is third. Yeah. They're not a team who has spent a lot of premium assets. The only guy on along that offensive line right now who they spent a premium asset on was Lane Johnson. And other than that, I don't think, I don't think anybody even in that room, they've spent a lot of premium assets on the two highest picks besides Johnson, Dillard. I think are Dillard. Who's doesn't play uh, Dickerson and, and Jurgens. And I think other than that, they haven't like those are the the four guys who are picked in the first two rounds are those four Johnson, Dillard, Jurgens, and Dickerson. Two of them are not playing right now. One of them, one of them is, you know, a pro ball, all pro kind of guy. And the other one is developing. So we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. But I, you know, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those like, you don't, you're never, you're never going to agree with everything they do. I like the player. I think he can be a good player. I agree with the process. Is like, I think, I think I'd be a little more with you, Nader, on the Jurgens pick if what they did afterwards were they didn't approve, they didn't improve other positions. Like, you can make the argument they could have went corner in round two, they could have went linebacker in round two, but they upgraded. Yeah, I mean, this is all true, round. and they got bailed out a little bit at corner. And we'll I think, yeah, the Bradbury, the Bradbury, the board definitely. fell terrible. The board really fell terribly for them at corner and safety. Yeah, like, like, yeah. When once Brisker went off the board, man, corner, you know, I mean, safety. I mean, you had your chance with Kyle Hamilton if you wanted him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they would have took like Jalen Petrie. I think they would have took Jaquan Brisker. That's, uh, but like, 
the boards didn't kind of fall their way. If they took any of the corners or safeties, it would have been a similar reach. And it is what it is. Like they, it's I'm fine. happy with it's the draft. Fine. It's fine. It's oh, fine. I'm very happy. I also think part of the Eagles knew that James Bradbury was going to be available via free agency. Speaking of, do we want to even, do we even want to talk about the other two? I mean, these are late round picks. Yeah, we don't. I don't to. really have thoughts. They on were them. solid picks. And They're nothing fine. Crazy. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're old, like two two older prospects. Uh, Kyron Johnson can be a special teams fiend. Uh, Grant Calcaterra could be uh, like a decent tight end three. Big Calcaterra like, fan. Like he can actually be like a concussions are his problem. He yeah. could be like a decently impactful player as a rookie and just down the line. Like if he could be like Trey Burton was, like I guess twenty uh, circa twenty seventeen, it was like a pretty solid third tight end. Then that's a pretty yeah. good pick. Yeah, like overall, good overall was, draft. I, I think it was like a B plus A minus draft, depending yeah. on how you feel about certain players. I think if you add AJ Brown, well, I I'm think, adding AJ Brown. Yeah, if you add well, AJ it's Brown, an it's, it's automatically an A. An a. You, you add it. You add AJ Brown. It's an A minus if you want to call it. You add the pick they made with the trade they made with the Saints. It's an A plus. Yeah, I think if you look at it in first this year into a first next year is if you look when you already had two other first. They robbed the Saints. I know we talked about this already, but what they did to the Saints should be illegal. Like the 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 league should have vetoed that trade for competitive balance reasons. It was so. If you if you look at the draft, the Eagles draft, and as a whole, and you say to me before the draft, the Eagles are going to walk out with AJ Brown, Nicobe Dean, and still make a first round pick. I would tell you you're crazy. And then a first have, and a second round pick. Yeah. A first and a second round pick. And they also keep the first round picks next year. The two and first they round kick one first pick. If you look, I know. They don't trade anything. If you look at that yeah. as a whole, that is an A plus plus because that's insane. Like if somebody would have told me that before the draft that you'd walk out with Jordan Davis, AJ Brown, and Nicobe Dean, and and keep your first round picks next year, both of them. That's I. Uh, that's I don't know. That's. So you stockpile picks. So you stockpile picks. So you can make moves like this. Anyway, so quantity over quality. I love to say like the uh, like how he always has like the mantra of oh free agency isn't over <clears> because <throat> March has passed and the draft is over. That's true because once the because the Giants cut a starting cornerback because they were financially screwed because of a bad GM. So what does that mean? Well, the Eagles just swooped in and signed James Bradbury to a one-year deal to start across from Darius Slay from a year. Um, I was a, I, I like some of the young corners on the roster. I like Zach McPherson. I like none of them are good enough to be in a. I thought yet. I, like, I thought for sure. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought for sure. I I don't remember which press conference it was, but I remember. I just remember Nick Sirianni came out and was just the entire time praised. I hyped them up. That's yeah, the thing, just, though. That's the thing, though. They probably still say those things if Bradbury was traded to Kansas City. Yeah. And like whether like I think some sometimes when teams kind of do certain moves, like you could say you like Zach and 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 Mc, uh, well not he's McPherson, McPherson and Gawan and Vincent and McCain. And you could say you like these guys. And they paid like Mario Goodrich like good money. Like you could those are not mutually exclusive with not looking for an upgrade. They looked they saw an upgrade. It was out there for relatively cheap and they took it. They weren't going to sign Trey Waynes to start, you know. Like didn't he retire? He did because he actually was looking to sign with the Eagles. That was a possibility we talked about because he knows Gannon. Um, yeah, Bradbury I think was a very easy like. This is just simply a great move, and it's one of those things that shored up a huge hole for them. And after that move, I struggled to see where the giant holes in this roster are. It's I think safety is easily the weakest position, and yeah. it's not even yeah. that. It's like it's like a. Yeah, it's not, I don't even think it's debatable. It's it's like a below average group 
but other than that, like linebacker could be average. And their other safety is fine. It's safety's... like it's fine. It's like it's not a because disaster. Like, Anthony, not Harris, like, Anthony Harris there. is okay. Anthony Harris is okay. Jaquiski Tart's okay. I he's, he's, Mar- saving I mean, Mark, like, he's saving Marcus Epps for last. And Marcus Epps is a game because Marcus Epps is a game. Players just to say Marcus Epps is a game. Never baller, disrespect bro. that boy, Marcus Epps. He's a baller. He's a baller. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog in him. There's no way that you're going to have a roster with zero holes. You're picking where your holes are going to be. Right now, it's like safety one, linebacker two. And I don't think any, I, I genuinely don't think any other position group on the roster has any question marks about it. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Jalen Hurts, but you've given Jalen Hurts a lot around him to operate and play well. And he's already proven he's at least an average NFL starter. That's the thing that's going to hold this team back, if anything. Other than that, you're not going to lose. You're not going to not make the playoffs because your safeties are slightly like, a below average safety unit. There's two safeties back there. Every other position on the roster, barring injury, obviously knock, you know, knock on wood, and barring any kind of like random people falling off a cliff like Darius Slay, you're coming in with a roster that has very few holes, that has very few places where one guy can sink the team. It'll come down to whether Jalen Hurts can perform at an average to above average level if he can. There's no reason why this team should not be able to make the playoffs. I mean, they won how many games last year? Nine? Nine. Nine. Nine games with a crappy wide receiver. A significantly worse. I would say significantly worse. Very much worse roster. And Jalen Hurts is probably below average. He was an average to below average quarterback. Yeah. He single-handedly lost them. He lost them a game or two, including that Giants game. Yeah. So, so Bradbury, you know. Oh, yeah, the one I went to. It's easy. Bradbury improves the team because you get a veteran presence in the secondary. He can play zone. And he's just like he is a he is Steven Nelson, like juiced up. Like he's a stopgap corner. He's probably not going to be back next year, which is fine. Who cares? He's a. They're trying to make a run this year. I don't blame them. They think they have a roster that's good enough to compete. It's, you know, we'll talk about. They're it hoping Hurts is good, and if Bradbury's part of it's going after next year, you have two first round picks. He's one in the corner. You know, you're, you're thinking that like whether or not Hurts is good, that this roster is ready at some point in time to compete. Like they're ready now. If Hurts is good, they can still be ready down the line. So, like, Avante Maddox is a really good slot corner. Darius Slay was a, a very good corner. Bradbury, even though he had a down year, is a good number two corner. Like, you have, like, and then you brought in Jimmy Moreland, who's, like, a decent a veteran slot corner. So, you have corner depth. Like, they don't, they haven't had depth like this in a while. Like between They're going to be veterans. fine. I'm not worried about the cornerbacks this year, to be honest with you. I'm, and I'm fine. I think, the second, I think the secondary should be good. Again, a lot, of, a lot of what the defense looks like will come down to one – is Jonathan Gannon legit? And two, can they rush the passer? Because they couldn't do because none of those things were true last year. They couldn't rush the passer and Gannon looked like he was That's a big reason they got Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he looks like very vanilla. But so Bradbury is good. Like I like nobody will disagree that Simon Bradbury was not good. No, it was a good move. But uh, probably other than like adding players, uh, what was pretty big this offseason is like how much talent they lost in that front office. And just to kind of go down the list, uh, Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown, they were co-directors of player personnel. They left for Chicago and New York, respectively. Uh, Catherine Ricci, she left for Cleveland. Andy Weidel left for Pittsburgh. Yeah, we get no comp picks from this. And they get no comp picks because the rules are dumb. And yeah, Speaking of, by the way, I don't have a lot of thoughts in the front office reshuffling, but I do think it's a little weird that they didn't make more of an attempt to try to keep these guys. I don't know. We don't know exactly to what extent they did or didn't. But, I mean, you see a lot of times these guys get internal promotions, they get a salary bump, they get a better title, and it's weird to lose 
multiple, not just like one or two, but like significant number of high ranking front office officials. I don't know what went into that, what the thought process was, why it's happening. Jay has, you know, obviously all of us pay attention a little bit to, to the names in there. And like, there's a sense and a feeling that Julian Lurie and his boy Hallaby in the analytics department are sort of like internally favored to take over the organization for Howie and Jeffrey. But even so, I don't think this was them making a power play. I don't know if they were like, like they could have easily given these guys more influence and kept at least one or two of these names around unless, unless these guys were just hell bent on leaving for that reason. So, you know, I I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of Alec Hallaby around. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts attending some of these like post draft press conferences or like preseason, that, that kind of press conference when it used to be Weidel and Joe Douglas sitting there with Howie. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Alec Alibi sends up sitting there, but like, it's weird. I don't really know what to make of it. We don't know exactly what all these guys do in terms of how they contribute to the front office, but it's, it's certainly a little weird and it doesn't make you feel better about the team. Although you can really only judge the moves and the moves have been good. So like, I don't think this is like an analytical coup that we're looking at. Like, no, whether I think that, and they've never been like the team to say to block anybody from leaving. They never, like, only person they I remember blocked, them, they blocked John, John, they blocked John D. Filippo, but he they let him go. They never, like, they don't let, they don't like tell people. By the way, no. Shout out to John D. Filippo. Good coach. He had a good tenure here. His wife is nice to me on Instagram. We're friends. <laughs> Shout out to that family. Kiss ass. <laughs> Here's something else. Uh, but yeah, nothing wrong with him. Um, well, do you know yeah. who I liked who they brought in was Brandon Hunt. No, that's their big that and uh Charles Walls are like their big they like, interviewed post- what's his name? Jim Nagy from the senior bowl, too. Yeah, but I don't think he'll I don't think he's leaving that anytime. No, soon. he's not leaving that. But Brandon Hunt, they interviewed when they hired Joe Douglas. He was one of the guys they were looking at. He's done very good for the Steelers in terms of finding talent. Steelers always have good drafts. Can't yeah, argue that like, one. Yeah, but I, it's weird. It, it, the, it's weird because then now there, there isn't a high-end personnel executive anymore. There is no Andy Wilder. There is no Joe Douglas. I think Brandon Hunt's going to be Jamie Kennedy in the next years. Yeah, he could. And so can Charles Walls. And they, 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 they promote a lot of, like, a lot of guys internally. Uh, John Ferrari you know, could be going to assistant GM. He's not really a personnel guy. He was a direct, he was like vice president of football ops, but mostly in compliance, like with the rules and have, you know, like kind of analytically how you can play on the field. So it's interesting. I don't really know what they're, what they're going to go with. Like they could be more analytically inclined. I think that's where they want to move to. And then the, maybe they just took this opportunity to kind of move quicker to the analytical kind of way like Larry always talks about wanting to be like the league leaders in analytics. Like they invest a lot of money and like, that's just scored guys. I don't care. But really in the end of the day, this stuff they, shouldn't, this stuff doesn't really matter to us because we don't know what they do, but I would always say Alec Hallaby will always be the name to keep an eye on because that man is rising up the organization faster than I think most people expected. That is probably the next Eagles general manager. I'm going to say that. Obviously, how he's pretty young, but like maybe like four or five years, six, De- seven, who knows? Definitely faster than I expected. And I just want to say as a public PSA, Alec, if you're listening, which I think we, we all think you do, uh, <laughs> big fan of the podcast, uh, I am available for hire. That's it. 
All right, boys. All right. So, all right, Nate. All right. John D. Filippo, <laughs> the, the family of John D. You got yeah. a network, now, boys. Alex That's Alex what you got. Nader is Zach. You got to make Zach the connections Wilson. early. All right. Let's Nader's, continue. Nader's next going, topic. Nader's next going topic. Zach Wilson. So, let's, the do, last, let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Yeah. Let's the do the last, last big, big topic. topic yeah. Is, I guess, the most relevant topic. And it's about the quarterback. And good Lord, we talk about the quarterback a lot. And we're probably going to have to talk about the quarterback every time we get on the podcast next year because that's the biggest story of this team. It's been the biggest story of this team for, what, three years, the quarterback position. So everybody's seen it. Everyone has seen Derek Gunn basically say that, hey, at one at some practice, they had 10 plays, and he was – Jalen Hurts was terrible. And the player – and. I don't AJ Brown and Lane Johnson saying that's not true. I'm going to tell you that doesn't mean anything to yeah, me. Because- could I chime in on that real quickly? I think that like in terms of factually, I probably believe that there wasn't a 10 play sequence where he got sacked three times in a non-contact practice and picked off and that kind of thing. I think what D gun was going for, or at least what his source was going for that wasn't communicated well is that Hertz was struggling in the June camp in the OTAs. How I don't exactly, care if he's struggling in OTAs, to be honest with you. Like that, maybe that's the take, but how exactly he was struggling, whether or not he was throwing picks, whatever it was, the exact sequence of events, I think is irrelevant. I think the message was that he was struggling. Whether or not, like, because obviously, you know, AJ Brown saying it's a non-contact practice. How did he get sacked three times? Like, I don't know how to argue with that. He probably didn't. I think the message and the idea was that he has been struggling a little bit in in spring in spring ball. And the team is a little bit concerned about him at quarterback. I don't know how that manifests. And I'll quickly, I'll say my thing quickly and we can go around in a circle and give our thoughts. I don't really care about this report. I don't care how that, like it doesn't manifest in any meaningful way. Jalen hurts will be the quarterback this year. The Eagles can be as concerned as they want. They are handling this the exact way we told them they should handle this like months and years ago, not even not years ago, but almost a year ago, we've been saying that ideally you would kick a pick to next year and get another year of evaluating Jalen hurts to see what you have in him. That's yeah, exactly Howie listens to the podcast. It's they, obvious. Alec Hallaby and Howie, they listen to the podcast. So the Eagles have the ammo next after this year to go get a quarterback. They have talent around Jalen Hurts to evaluate him in a meaningful way. It doesn't matter how they feel about him right now. What matters is that he's going to be the quarterback. It doesn't matter if he's struggling in spring ball. What matters is when you get to game day, you'll have 17 games this season with an elite offensive unit around him. How will he perform? That's all that matters. If he's up to the task, we'll reevaluate after the year is over where he is. If not, everybody knows we're going to move on from it. And it's okay. There's not, you don't need to like, nobody needs to twist themselves into a pretzel rooting for everybody's rooting for him to succeed. It's the easiest path to success for the Eagles is if Jalen hurts is an elite quarterback, but I think everybody needs to take a deep breath, chill out. He's going to be the quarterback this year. He's going to have immense talent around him. Just take a second to see what he puts on the field. I don't care what he's doing in camp. I honestly, I don't even care what ends up going on in training camp or the joint practices or anything like that. That stuff does not matter to me. All that matters to me is the 17 games we play this year. How will Jalen Hurts perform? And will it be up to the standard that we expect from him? Will he get us to the playoffs? Will the team have success? After the season's over, we'll come back. We'll reevaluate. That's it. I don't think any of these stories matter all that much. I don't think we need to be paying attention to them that much. The team can be as down and the team can hate him. The team could say, we think he's a terrible quarterback. He's going to do terribly this year. It wouldn't matter to me. All that matters is that 17 game sample. Let's see what we have in him. Collect that with the two years that he's been on the roster. 
And we'll reevaluate from there. And at that point, we can make a decision as a podcast of which direction we think we need to go with Jalen Hurts. The Eagles will make their decision. And usually they'll line up because both the Eagles listen to us and we're very smart and know how to do football. We so. should be running the Eagles. Although Howie's done a very good job. So. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. No, it's honestly to the report to me, I'm not going to really put any thought into it for an OTA report where AJ Brown probably wasn't there. There's probably the practice where AJ Brown and Devonta Smith both weren't there. I don't put any thought into Lane Johnson, AJ Brown backing up Jalen hurts. Cause obviously they're going to, what else are they going to do? <clears throat> but it does make a little bit of a, it's nice to see them back him up publicly on Twitter without people asking them at like a press conference, or something about it. Especially so, to D gun of all people. I mean, D gun's a great reporter, so I believe it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's very reliable. And I'm sure, I'm, saying, Hurts, like, I, I'm sure he did have a bad practice. You're not going to have a great practice every time. But we yeah. also saw that when the media was allowed to OTAs, Jalen Hurts balled out. They were saying he had great throws, great deep throws. He was hitting his guys in stride. He was avoiding the pressure that was allowed in a 7-on-7. So I'm not worried about it yet. If it happens during the regular season, then that's a different story. But in OTA practice, I'm not putting any thought into a report that Jalen Hurts had a shitty practice. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, like, you got to peel back so many layers with this because at first sight, it's like you shouldn't take, like, as much as you shouldn't take this into account, you also shouldn't say, oh, well, all these great practices means he's great. All, a, bad pack, a bad practice doesn't mean he's bad. A great practice doesn't mean he's great. It's OTAs. It's just the most bizarre thing is that it's Derek Gunn. Like, I, people have tweeted, like, tweeted at multiple people, me, like, saying, oh, Derek Gunn's just doing this for clicks. I don't know, people. I don't know if you know who Derek Gunn is. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you think he needs a fake story to be mm-hmm. relevant, he could. To, he to could... illustrate Jay's point, by the way, to, to just make Jay's point, Derek Gunn got laid off at, I think it was NBC Sports Philadelphia because of the, they had budget cuts and he got laid off. And he continued to be an insider for the Eagles, just freelancing because he had that good sources. He doesn't need a media outlet behind him. I don't even think he's publishing articles anymore. He's, like, not he's just anymore. a connected you know guy. He, tw- he tweeted like two weeks ago that NBC and him were trying to get a deal back together. This isn't a known. This isn't Elliot Shore Parks. Congrats on getting married. It's not just ESP. Just throw. <laughs> just throwing. Th- just throwing. Hurts getting an extension. This isn't. This isn't a nobody. Like this is Derek Gunn. Like you have to know who this guy is to say he's doing this for clicks. For doing this. He- what clicks? He doesn't have articles. He's not getting clicks. <laughs> like. Yeah. He's not doing this okay. The, but the one criticism yeah, is that <laughs> this one well, the one criticism is that he works in a network that hires that hi, like, employs a like a slime ball, and we all know who that is. We don't gotta say his name. Like that's the only thing you can discredit with him. Like, it's uh, that's stupid. Who's a slime ball? We know it's that boy Dan. We know it's Dan Celio. We don't gotta speak. Um anyway. Like the discredit gun is dumb to me. Like if you if Derek Gunn was saying, "Oh, Hertz was having great practices," people would retweet that to the moon and have a million retweets. Like, come on, like that's one, that's dumb. And yeah, like the players saying, "Oh, it's not true." Of course, the players are gonna say it's not true. Come on, like players discredit this all the time. Like they just they say these reports aren't true. 
how many Eagles players said the the report about Carson Wentz being a bad teammate wasn't true, and then we know it's true. We knew we know it's true to now, even though Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and all these guys said it wasn't. So it's like, but at the end of the day, Nate is right. This doesn't matter that much, but there are certain things about it that are like whether or not I think that there are people who in that lock in that front office maybe who have some preconceived notion. And the only quote I'm going to say from Gunn is the last one, the last thing he said. This organization is not very comfortable right now with Jalen Hurts. Does that really matter in May, June, July? No, no. it doesn't. He's going to start this year. He's going to play 17 games. I'm not comfortable with Jalen Hurts. Doesn't mean I'm not going to trust him for the year. Whether he's good, dude, you don't have an option. This this isn't like – this isn't like uh, like Baker Mayfield where it's like you kind of like, well, this is your number one overall pick. Like you're kind of nervous right now. The Eagles are big time investors who have a who have an investment on their roster, who they think could boom, but they also have a lot of a lot of assets behind them who they can just buy another asset if this one doesn't boom. That's that's it. Like this isn't a big deal, but it's not a non factor if that makes sense. Like. I agree with that. Hertz has never been a great practice player. Like in training camp last year, he wasn't great. And part of that is because a lot of his ability comes from running and that's not really happening in camp. You're not going to see scramble drills in camp. You're not going to see him break ankles, running the ball in camp. That doesn't happen because there's no contact, but it's like, don't, you don't have to believe it as gospel, but don't say it's nothing because we've seen that this team is willing to move off of him. They had two guys they were willing to move off of him for this offseason. This is true, and and yeah. And let me add quickly that, like, everybody knows what Hurts needs to improve on. Everybody knows what his flaws were last year. He'll come in and he'll play the games, and we'll evaluate based on whether or not he's improved the things that we thought he was going to improve on. I think that's it's as simple as that. But go ahead, Chad. I think I'll cut you off. They don't, they don't know what's going to happen. Like, that's it. They're going into this the same way we are. They probably have a lot more information than we do, but they're going into it saying, we're going to see this guy play 17 games. If he's good, he's good. If he's not, he's not. That's it. Like, we don't have to, we don't need to do this, these, all these think pieces. You know, we don't need huge philosophical thought on this quarterback because it's unnecessary right now. Just let him play and we'll see what happens. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's really it. We all want it to be good because we want to use those assets on improving the team. We all love Jalen Hurts as the person. We love the personality. We love the work ethic. He's a cool player. He's such a that. cool. He's a cool player. So he's got swag. He's got he's franchise got, swag. He, he does. He, he'd, he'd be incredible for seeing me the franchise quarterback. He's a good just, person to have. You know, just, we just not have unvaccinated, loving to hunt. We just have. He's got cornrows now, like he's cool. We just got, but just, cool, that yeah. just that just let him no. play. Just let him play. Just let him play, and we'll go from there. Man, so we if really he, just wrapped up like the last three months in the nice hour pod. Uh, I think it's been longer than an hour, right? I think it's been an hour. Oh, wait, no, oh, no it's, it's probably been about an hour, a little longer, maybe hour and fifteen. Yeah, that's just the type of no, it's not an hour fifteen, Donnie, because you came five minutes late. Hour and ten. <laughs> sorry, it's the efficiency <laughs> that we have here. But anyway. I mean, for future outlook, we kind of all kind of touched on it. Like, I'm sure we'll is, get into a lot of the future outlook during the, the team training is camp super, too. The team is super talented. They have talent at every level. On paper, it's a great team. The three, the three most important people on this on this team for this season is Jonathan Gannon, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts. That's it. Do not, do not mention Jay Gannon's name around these parts, man. 
That yeah, guy's I on. Mean, that guy's seat could not be hotter. What a, what that a guy's going to be a head coach. There's year. like, and you know what? There's like no chance Jonathan Gannon is on the team in 2023 because if the defense stinks, he's gone. And if they're great, he's a head coach. Yeah. So I'm with Jay yeah. on this one. That's probably, uh, I think prediction. he's going to be a head coach. An early prediction for me. But like, yeah, like we've all said it. This team is talent. They had a good offseason. The 2022 season is sitting on the shoulders of the quarterback. And good lord, will we eventually talk about quarterbacks extensively? Because there's some good, hey, there's some good prospects, you know. It's not doom and gloom. They're not drafting Kenny Pickett in the first round next year. You know? There's no Kenny Pickett's. There's no um, Leek Willis's. There's no no Matt Ritter's. No, you got Stroud and Bryce Young. Oh, I want to give a shout out though. I do want to give a shout out to uh, the best undrafted free agent signing. Oh, I was telling, I was about to have Nader mute you. I was, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to the best undrafted free agent signing of 2022, Carson Strong. Big, big signing right there. Big signing. Oh, oh, speaking of, speaking of undrafted free agent signings, my boy Melvin Rouse did not make the roster, it seems like, but he's, but he's a dog. <laughs> the Yale boy. Yale yeah. boy. Bro, he's a dog. Trust well, they me. They actually had, make, had a pretty good had a, undrafted gonna, free agent. He's going to stick somewhere. They had to make room for Devin Allen. So. He's going to stick somewhere. That's one. Two. The Eagles had signed EJ Perry, who was the Brown quarterback, and then they lost him to some team. Like he yeah, didn't officially they, sign or something. No, the they because they he figured out that Carson Strong was signing. Okay, all right, so that's yes, what it they was. I, they signed they signed uh, Perry, thinking Strong I, wouldn't I, take their deal. I, I've seen EJ Perry in person play twice. I, he's he's fine. Uh, well, he's undrafted he's like, for Reasonator. He, that's true. He was an All American in the uh, in the FCS, but but <laughs> I, not 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 missing out on much. But Melvin Rouse is going to come back to bite us, boys. Watch out, he's going to be a Pro Bowl. All right, my boy whatever Melvin. you say. You know, are we spending these last ten minutes on the uh, the New York Mets? Kick him, Nader. Kick no, him. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. On. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Oh, you All know right. what? Let's do. Let's do final thoughts and like a prediction for the season. How it's going to turn out. Uh, oh, let I, me start. Let me start. Let me start. Start. Um, final thoughts. I mean, I think I don't really have any final thoughts. I'd say I gave pretty much all of mine. Good draft. I'd give an A for including AJ Brown in the draft, which you should. Um, Bradbury was a great signing. Um, what am I missing here? Chiquisky Tark, good signing. Brandon Hall was a good addition to the front office. He'll be good for next year's draft and good scout. He's a good scout. Uh, and my prediction for the year. Oh, I think they're winning the division. Yeah. So too. I'd probably say my guess they're gonna have. I'm sure we'll do. We we haven't done a schedule, have we? We'll do that in future pod. Yeah, we didn't react to the schedule. Okay, um, yeah, we'll yeah. do that in the future pod. Uh, but I'd probably say eleven wins. Off the top of my head, I have to look through schedule week by week before I say anything. But I'm gonna go with eleven wins, assuming Jalen Hurts is an average quarterback. All right. Jay, smart prediction. Final thoughts. Like I said, I said them. I said them before. My prediction is that they win 10 games. They win the NFC East. They have a, they obviously they host one playoff game, but they have a different starting quarterback in 2023. Are you predicting they win that playoff game? I don't even want to talk about the playoffs yet. We'll see. But I'm saying that they have a decent season, but not good enough for the quarterback. I, I have the same prediction as Jay. I think they make the playoffs. I think they win the division, but I only think they win the division just because 
of the of the obviously you guys know this the rule that nobody's nobody's won the NFC East back to back years since the since Eagles, Eagles did it yeah. in early in the early 2000s. So for some reason, I think the Cowboys should be favored to win this division just because there's a little bit more certainty of the quarterback position, and they were the division winners last year. But there's some magnetic force in the universe that prevents teams from going back to back in the NFC East. So I think the Eagles win the division just sort of by default. Um, I also think they have the right combination of depth and top end talent for the regular season. I don't know if that pans out in playoff games, but I do think they're kind of built a little bit to survive the regular season gauntlet in some ways. Um, they don't have the most top heavy team. They have a couple superstars, but they do have a lot of, they're just solid everywhere. And they're especially solid along the offensive and defensive line. So uh, I think Jay's right. I think they win something like 10, 11 games, win the division. Ideally, I think depending on the draw, they could win a playoff game, but I don't think it'll be good enough. And I don't think Hertz will be good enough. I think they will be a little bit carried by the receivers, by, the defense, I think the defensive line is going to have a better year than they did last year. And I think that Miles Sanders, Donnie's boy, is going to have a, a really huge year. Um, just with all the attention that's going to be placed on the receiving core and Jalen Hurts' legs, I think this is a huge year for Miles Sanders. And you're I saying think a big this... year for the RB2? You're saying big year for the second string running? Oh, RB2, you're coming right at Donnie with that. So but what, I... you have Gainwell's RB1? Kenny G, baby. Don't talk to me about Kenny G right now. Come on. Oh, my God. Come Anyways, on. my final outlook on the offseason, they nailed they nailed pretty much everything that they were supposed to because they upgraded at every position that they were supposed to. Edge rusher, defensive line, interior defensive line, corner, linebacker, Nader is doing something celebrating about the Dude, Phillies. How many the of these up. Phillies need to be sent to prison? Castellanos, Gregorius, just Thank such God. losers. But um, but you know, wide receiver with AJ Brown, because you know, we all know the Rager situation, but um I'm I'm anti boo. I don't know about you guys, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that another five. Um, yeah, so they, I think they, they you know they upgraded at every position they were supposed to. They left the quarterback as it as it to be. Uh, we kind of all knew that after the way the season ended last year that Jalen Hurts was going to be the guy in 2022. So you know I'm optimistic. I think like Nader said, the roster doesn't have that many holes on it compared to where we were at this time last year. So my prediction, I think they I think they win I think they win ten I think they go ten and seven. I'll give them ten and seven, win the division in a week NFC. And I'll give them like one playoff win, like I said, in the week NFC compared to where it was last year. I give them a Super Bowl win. I yeah, I mean, hey, listen. So I'm the best of the bunch, guys. Listen. Um, yeah, so the Mets are up 2-0. Uh, no, mute him, mute him, mute him, mute him, mute him, mute him. Let's that go, has been Nate is out here mid-tweeting right now. That's, I'm, I, there's nowhere to vent my Phillies frustrations out on this pod, so I have to put them on Twitter. Anyway, this has been the Behind the Birds podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please oh, leave us Jay's, five stars. Feel Jay's not doing the outro? Us. Feel free, no. Jay's okay. asleep. Feel free to Jay, DM Jay us. Would, Jay would just say bye. Feel free to DM us with, uh, with questions, with thoughts, with feedback. We love you all very much. And remember, we got to do a mail is not a sport. Go we got to do, do a mailbag soon.